agenda. I mean, when uh, prayers in parliaments happen, you look at the enthusiasm of the parliamentarians uh, for prayer in parliament. It's just a form, an outdated form. But I work in a country in which the majority of the population and the population is about 160 million in two-thirds the size of Victoria so a good friend of mine calls that one definition of cosy uh, there are lots of people and uh, I see uh, when I am in Bangladesh every Friday at prayer time uh, because uh, 90% of the people who live there are Muslim I see thousands and thousands of men do this Not just thousands, hundreds of thousands. On some days when there is a feast day, I will see them, uh, I will see so many men. And I think, and I look and I think to myself, uh, what is happening? These people are seeking God. I know some men, uh, when you see their forehead, they have a mark on their forehead because they pray so many times per day that they put their forehead on the ground so often that there's a permanent mark. Am I that uh, devoted to prayer? No mark on my forehead. Uh, I find sometimes that when I go to prayer I fall asleep. You know, what sort of devout missionary am I heavens fall asleep when he goes to prayer but I want to share with you this morning what I believe is, is uh, part of the journey in which I'm on I am not an expert in prayer and I just want to share with you this morning that prayer is an amazing privilege what is it I this morning I wanted to uh, go through in a very simple way uh, using, I think they're called interrogative pronouns. I may be wrong. And now for most of you who are under the age of 40, uh, then you won't know what those are because you didn't do grammar at school. But uh, this is the what, who, how, when and why of prayer. And uh, what is it? What is prayer? So, Let's think about what's prayer. Anybody here know the name Copernicus? Thanks, Eddie, if you could just put the next one. Uh, anybody here know the name of Copernicus? Put your hand up. Yes, what did Copernicus do? Copernicus, Copernicus was the man, he was about a, a 15th century mathematician uh, and he discovered, he worked out that the earth circles round the sun and not the opposite. This morning when I got up, you know, it's winter, so the sun's a bit lazy during winter and uh, just sort of creeps up. And uh, you look out to the east and you see the sun rise. Copernicus was the first man who actually figured out 
that the sun doesn't rise. That the the earth circles round the sun. Copernicus. He revolutionised the way that we see the physical world. Anybody know the name uh, Descartes? Anybody know the name Descartes? Put your hand up. Yes. One person, two people. Ah, few more. Descartes. If you come, if you're a real Australian, you'll call him Descartes. Uh, but uh, his name is French, and it's spelled D-E-S-C-A-R-T-E-S. Uh, if you've done mathematics, you will have done Cartesian geometry. Anybody uh, remember Cartesian geometry? A few more. Okay. Well, uh, you know, if you're a real ocker, Descartes. Uh, Des was his first name, Cartes was his second. Uh, But uh, Descartes, uh, he is famous in the history of modern Western civilization for this saying, I think, therefore I am. Now, there's a Latin form of it, but as I didn't do Latin, I won't uh, try to quote that to you. Uh, I think, therefore I am. Now, you may not be aware of it, but that idea has so greatly influenced Western civilization that we, it is the whole basis of individualism. In Australia, uh, we like to be individuals free. Uh, we don't, not depend, we don't like to be dependent upon others or think we are dependent upon others. Now, for so many other cultures throughout the world, I think, therefore, I am, is not a particularly uh, um, popular idea. In Africa, they say, we are, therefore, I am. We are, therefore, I am. That is, that we come from a community, we have a history, a past, and therefore I am. I actually think that the African one is uh, more accurate than the one which influences Western society. But you see, I think therefore I am, I am almost uh, an independent person. I'm not dependent upon anyone else. I think, therefore I am. But you see, that's not right. The Bible says that we were created. The Bible says that in the beginning God created. So what uh, uh, prayer is really the response of the creature to the creator. He who made us that we respond to him. My own personal testimony is that when I was a small boy, I thought about uh, about God. I once went to church, great big old Anglican, high Anglican church, and as a small boy I went into this church and I thought, wow, this is pretty impressive. And I thought to myself, now there is either something to this or there is nothing to it. At night time, as a small boy, I can remember that I would call out to God. 
For me, it is a natural response to call out to, uh, to God. Now, others may disagree with me. They may have had different experiences. But uh, for me, it was natural to call out to God. When I was afraid in the middle of the night, there was a little Bible verse uh, on my dressing table. Fear not, because God is with you. And that uh, always comforted me as a small boy. I believe that it is natural for human beings to call out to their Creator, to cry out to God. Modern Western society is trying to teach us, no, no, we, we, we don't, it all lies within. Why are so many uh, modern Westerners going for uh, uh, philosophies such as Buddhism? Because Buddhism basically teaches there is no God, that all reality is found within you. And that if you get to know yourself better, if you get to control your mind, then you will be in harmony with the universe. And so it is all within. For many in Western society, they don't like religion. They don't like the idea of the messiness of God. And Look at these religious people. Look at what they're doing. We think of the tragedy in London just a few days ago in which a man, uh, for his uh, religious beliefs, killed another man in such a terrible way. And so many within the Western world think, well, let's do away with religion. Prayer, it's only people talking to themselves. But it's not. It's the response of the creature to the Creator. In the Bible it teaches that uh, when God created us and we were in that, our first parents were in that wonderful, beautiful garden, God would appear in the garden and converse with them. They would have face-to-face -face communication of the creature with the Creator. And prayer is that path of getting, to, getting into that conversation with God. It is, I believe, natural. Most people throughout the world are seeking to find God in some way. So, the next thing that we look at is uh, whom. Now, I put up before what and who, but it's actually whom, to be grammatically correct. To whom do we pray? And this, I believe, is very, very important. Who do we pray to? Or to whom do we pray? Thanks, Eddie. Uh, and for this, if we look to see, there are, uh, I've listed three ways in which, uh, three prayers by Abraham, four, sorry, Abraham, Moses, Daniel and Jesus. See, we have to know to, who we, to whom we are addressing our prayer. If I just stood before you and repeated the same words, I am here to speak to you, I am here to speak to you, please pay attention, please pay attention, please pay attention, well, I reckon after about five minutes of that, uh, you'd get up and go. What's this idiot doing? 
Abraham, and it's found in Genesis 18, verse 25, Abraham, in a conversation with God, said to God, because God had told him that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham had this amazing conversation with God. Now this is about 4,000 years ago. And Abraham has the temerity, he has the, the gall to say to God, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? 4,000 years ago, that, uh, uh, that man from Mesopotamia, Abraham, had the, the, the confidence to say to God, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? You know, we are never better than God. We are never more sensitive. We are never more feeling. We are never more just. We are never more powerful. We are never more. We are never smarter than God. Abraham knew it. He said, "Shall not the judge of all the earth do right?" So we must see that uh, if. if we will not put up with people sort of saying just the same old thing to us over and over again, you know, uh, perhaps you know people. Sometimes I come across people who just keep repeating themselves the same old stuff. And my daughters uh, sometimes think their father does that, uh, but you you get sick of it. You 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 want something different. Is God any different from us? Yes, he is. But do we have more personality than God? No, we don't. So when we address God, are we going to address him in a way that that we regard him sort of as some uh, inanimate, um, unfeeling object? No. When you see Moses when Moses wanted to see God, and it's found in Exodus chapter 34, you will find that God reveals himself to Moses. And he reveals himself in such a way that, it's, uh, that this is what God is like. In verse uh, 6 of Exodus 34 it says, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no man's no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. God has character. God has personality. God is not some, uh, some just uh, power that exists somewhere outside of us, but God is full of personality. God's character is there. So that when we address God, we must address God according to his character. If you, if you somehow say to me, oh, you're just a worthless individual, I don't trust you, I don't like you, um, you, you're a liar, you're a cheat, am I going to like it? No, 
quite won't like it at all. Those who are my friends, those who are intimate with me, uh, they get to know me. And prayer is getting to know God and addressing him, knowing what he's like. So that to whom we pray means a process of getting to know God. Now, you can uh, uh, perhaps find... uh, 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 Pastor Darrell introduced me so you learnt my name you learnt somewhere where I uh, work but nothing much else but the process of getting to know me happens over a period of time getting to know God is part of the process of prayer so to whom we pray is important to get to know God We find in Daniel, Daniel is the same. When Daniel prays to God, you find that Daniel uh, addresses God like this. In Daniel chapter 9, I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and terrible God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandment. You see, he starts out, by addressing God as he knew him as it was revealed uh, through the scripture as it was revealed to Moses as it was revealed to the prophets you can only know me as much as I let you know me if I don't want to have a conversation with you I just shut up now that's very difficult for me but uh, you know Uh, if I don't want to let you know what I'm like, I I won't talk with you. God reveals himself. The Bible is full of the revelation of God to Moses, to the prophets. And then finally we find with Jesus. If we look and find in Matthew chapter 6, how does Jesus encourage us to pray? How does he encourage us to pray? In what way are we to address God? In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, in the Lord's Prayer. What is it? How does the Lord's Prayer start? Our Father. Our Father, it is... It is within the whole of Jewish literature. Uh, scholars with more Hebrew than I have, uh, uh, you know, in the, they've got more Hebrew than I have in their little fingers than I have in my whole being, say that in Jewish literature there is no other instance of a p- Jewish person addressing God as our Father as often as Jesus did. Now, our experience of our own earthly fathers may be good or it may be bad. I had a, my father was a great father. He wasn't perfect. He was not perfect. But you see, Jesus has shown us to address God as Father, as a loving Father who cares for us. In Psalm 131 we find these amazing verses in which God is compared to a mother. And it says in Psalm 131 
that like as a child goes, as a weaned child goes to its mother, so we are comforted. So God is our father, but God is also like a mother. Anybody remember McQuirtus? Put your hand up if you remember McQuirtus. Yes, okay. For the younger generation, McQuirtus was in the valley and it was a, one of the first department stores. I remember going uh, to McQuirtus with my mother and uh, as we walked around, I turned around and to my great horror, I couldn't see my mother. Have you ever had that experience? <laughs> and the panic... Uh, I, I must have only met him about five, but I can still remember the panic. Where's mum? <laughs> and then suddenly she appears from around a, a, a counter and, oh, mum. God is like our father and our mother. As the child goes to its mother and is comforted, so we can go to God and find comfort. In the middle of the night, in your fears or in the middle of the day, whom do you go to? We can go to God because God will provide us with that comfort. Jesus said when we pray to God, our Father. Not a far off, uh, God so distant that we cannot find him, but God who is near. How are we to pray? Thanks, Eddie. It's not... Uh, uh, I think it's coming. How are we to pray? It's based on that relationship. To whom we pray, therefore the how is, it, it follows quite easily. So it's not repetitive it's not keep saying the same old thing time after time as if God has you know just is hard of hearing or he's dumb it hurts me deeply that many religions throughout the world encourage people simply to say the same old things. They learn mantras if they are Hindus. Uh, as uh, many Muslims, they learn set prayers. Many Christian expressions have set prayers and people just repeat the same old thing over and over again as if God is hard of hearing. Jesus said it is not. You don't stand there and say the same old thing. It is also not for show. Now this is not a problem that much in Australia unless you know you go to prayer meetings and sometimes you go to prayer meetings and some people like to pray really long prayers and very theological prayers. Prayer is not for show. It's not to show other people how pious or how righteous you are but prayer is on the basis of relationship. We can ask wrongly in prayer. 
So if we just wanted this to fulfill what we need, then uh, God is not going to listen to us. Prayer is simple. The Lord's Prayer is exceedingly simple. However, right in the sort of about three quarters of the way through it or two thirds of the way through it, there's one big condition. What's that? Forgive. If you're going to be fair dinkum in prayer and you hold a grudge against someone, God will not listen. It is extremely simple, it is, but it's very hard because sometimes, for some of us, there are people who have done us great harm and it is so difficult to forgive. But God wants us to forgive and that is the condition of prayer. It's very simple. We should agree together when we pray that when two or three agree together Jesus says that uh, God will answer our prayer now some years ago we had a problem in our work in Bangladesh and the man that I was working with uh, uh, said to me we need he said I believe that we need to ask God for three things and I said, and he said, what do you think about that? He said, uh, those three things. And I said, yes, I agree with you. So we prayed together and God delivered us from the problem that we were in at that time, which was a very serious one. When we agree together, we're two or three in Jesus' name, agree together that God will answer that prayer. When should we pray? Well, special times. Jesus himself rose early in the morning and prayed. I can't say that I rise very early in the morning every day. I travel a lot backwards and forwards to Bangladesh. I come home from uh, Bangladesh and I'm four hours out of whack. I don't want to go to bed until the early hours of the morning, so it's difficult to get up uh, in the morning. But Jesus chose a special time for prayer. We need to find a special time of prayer that's important or that is doable uh, for us. But there's also prayer that's constant. That is the communion of the creature with God on a constant basis that we find in our relationship with God that God is there with us, that we can pray to him. In Hebrews it talks about Jesus at the right hand of the God, uh, at the right hand of God, always speaking on our behalf. I find that just to be amazing that Jesus is speaking on my behalf right now. That I have, we have, an advocate with God, someone who is speaking on our behalf. We're not alone in it. Why should we pray? The last point that I have is why. Well, what I read to you uh, from Luke chapter 18, you look very carefully at that passage. In the first verse, Jesus gives the reason uh, why we should pray constantly. It is not 
that we keep bothering God. You know, that's a, a common way for uh, unbelievers or non-believers to refer to people who believe in God. The God botherers. You know, as if we have to bother him. As if we have to annoy him so that he will answer our prayers. You see, Jesus told that story this way. Why should we pray? The reason why we should pray constantly is that we won't become discouraged. Is that we won't lose heart. I grew up reading uh, the King James Version. Anybody remember the King James Version? Okay, alright, a few fans here. And uh, I, there's a, the way that verse says that the people should always pray and not faint fall over unconscious no it, it's that, that we should so that we do not become disheartened friends I don't know about you but I know for me it is easy to become discouraged it is easy to become disheartened we become we don't see the answers to our prayer Jesus said like that widow why did that unjust judge uh, answer her prayer because she kept bothering him. You know, she turned up the, the, at the Jerusalem golf course when he was about to hit off on the first tee. Hey, what about my case? Hey, what about my case? Hey, he takes his wife to the restaurant in uh, Main Street, uh, Jerusalem. And there she is out the front. What about my case? What about my case? You can hear his wife saying, yeah, what's, the, what's that woman? Why does she always follow you? What, what, what's this? So finally he gets fed up and he looks into her case and, uh, and, uh, and gives her a judgment in her favour. Why? Because he was a just judge? No. Jesus told this story. Is God like that judge? Is God unjust like that judge? No, he's not. That's why to whom we pray is so important. God is not unjust. God is not uh, closed his ears to you but in your prayer in your prayer to God that you will find encouragement and when he answers your prayer then it will happen quickly. At the moment I am praying uh, for five young couples to come and help us in our work in Bangladesh uh, and I'm 36 years in Bangladesh, I ain't getting any younger uh, I need to find some uh, more people to come and work alongside of us to continue to reach out to those who have as yet not heard about Jesus. And uh, sometimes I get a bit tired. My wife can testify to it. There's so much work that I'm uh, involved in. And our, my prayer is, Lord, when are you going to send those people? And sometimes I get discouraged. Maybe you're praying about something. Maybe there's something that you uh, have not seen for a long time. Maybe you are a grandparent and you are praying about your grandchildren. They're not going to church. They show no interest in the, in the Bible. They show no interest in God. You keep praying. If you are a parent and the same with your children, keep praying. God will give you the encouragement God who is not unjust will minister to you at the deepest point. Why? Because he is just. 
He has sent Jesus to die for us, to give his life at Calvary for our sins. Jesus is alive, rose from the dead. Where is he? He is at the right hand of God. He is speaking on our behalf. Why do we need to pray? We need to pray to fulfil God's purposes here on earth because for some strange reason God wants to use us. He wants to use you. Whether it's in your local church, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's at school uh, or maybe even places like Bangladesh, God wants to use you. But in prayer, as we pray to God, God gives us the encouragement that keeps us going. That keeps us going. You know, at my age, sometimes you know, the older you get, the more you see. And the problem with uh, getting older, I find, is that you can become a bit of a cynic. You've seen it all before. But no. We need to keep praying to God whether we're young or we're old uh, because God wants to encourage us. God wants to give us the strength to keep going. What was Jesus' last words in that story? Will the Son of Man find faith or belief when he returns? That's the challenge that Jesus leaves with each of us. Prayer is essential that we keep going in that faith because in our prayer to God, God will encourage us. God gives us the strength to keep going. Will you keep going? Is prayer part of your daily life? Is prayer part of your... Yeah, I'd just like to add that